Hi, folks. This is the Opposed Roles podcast. I am Raleel on the boards and on here, and I am here with uh, Bill Harzia or Bill. And today on the podcast, we are going to talk about one of the most talked about topics in all of Mithras. We're going to talk about uh, the move action, and we're going to talk about engagement and how, how that works in Mithras. Yeah, so this is something that comes up in the forums and discussion and has raised lots of questions about how to deal with it. It really has. Um, I, I think I think probably one of one of the first things that comes up, and I think to start this conversation probably needs to happen is talk about the the move action as it exists in the Mithras core rules, uh, and and then we can talk about how how it goes into engagement because this is almost always where it goes. Uh, is how you move and then engage, or how you move and escape engagement in in combat. Um, so, so in the in the core rulebook, the move action is fairly specific in the fact that it says that it is not required to engage into combat. Um, it is for moving larger distances, and it is not required for every instance of movement in combat because it's not on a grid. Sort of assumed that that small small movements within within a within a certain distance are not important enough to track in that fashion. I suppose. Right. Is that how you look at it, Bill? Yes, for sure. I think it. You know, as long as we're not. You know, as long as we're not talking about the 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 tactical treatment of movement, short movement distances when you're within what you might call engagement range are treated as part of part of another action am i right in saying that yeah that's i think that's fair yeah you can step up and engage as part of it. you can you you know i think i think what does it say in here is that they can he may use his next turn solely for his attack role right it's it, he doesn't have to use the movement to engage in and of itself yes that's correct so i think part of the confusion is this idea if you are if you are moving a long distance like you're moving so for instance if you use a a movement action to move and your intent is oh well i want to move to engage that opponent the move action you can take a movement action without initiating an engagement so you you are not or you may not be considered engaged when you've made that movement but you're close enough that your your say attack action may then start an engagement but that doesn't necessarily happen at the same time as you move towards engagement i think i think in the the book it has an example of where where a character is trying to cross a, a an open field to engage in to engage a group of archers right yes uh the way i look at it is that he takes his move engage his move action to cross that field whether whether he's walking or running or or sprinting it crosses some distance and then at the end of that movement he is close enough where he can step up a step or two and then proceed to attack where where the engage the actual engagement happens after he steps up the step or two is how i look at it yes uh, and and the other the other thing about this that I, I like the how I kind of think about it is that as he's moving as he do, does his move action to cross that field he's not actually close to those guys until the beginning of his next cycle the movement has to take time it's not he teleports across <laughs> over on his move action 
now I don't know if there are differences here, but the the you actually you actually make that movement at the end of I've got to be careful here uh, at the end of the cycle. The moving at the end of the cycle where where everybody goes through and and does that 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 is actually a, a something that comes out in the the old rune quest six rules before mithras was mithras it was rune quest six and in the back there's a section on tactical tactical movement and i do have to say that i think that that particular section is much clearer than than what we have in in classic fantasy and in the the compendium and i i asked i asked the author of classic fantasy one time i said hey is this supposed to be in there there's there's a whole section in rune quest 6 that kind of clearly steps through how movement works in regards to this tactical combat mm. and and it is very clear that at the end of the cycle not at the end of your turn at the end of the cycle all of the movement happens in my mind it is a much clearer way of thinking about it and i think it interfaces with the regular rules better too because it clarifies that hey movement takes time it's not instant it's where we've got one second con you know one second actions a half a second and a half actions but it still takes some time for that stuff to happen so it's not it sounds like when you're playing you you kind of internalize that movement at the end of the cycle even if you don't play on a grid in RuneQuest 6 appendix one tactical movement it's got three things that it says uh, that which, is, which it calls fundamentals of movement so movement is dropped as a combat action moving is not an independent act in its own right for the purposes of tactical movement it is dropped as a combat action Characters can move freely at the same time as performing other actions. Although you may be restricted in what actions those are. Yes, and that depends on gait, which classic fantasy does use and is is also there really in, in the core rules. So gait means either walking, running or sprinting. And yes, those those different speeds can restrict what you what you can do. In other words, what actions you can take. One other part of it is that running and sprinting take a whole round. Yes. So yeah, you if you choose to run or sprint, you're doing it for five seconds, regardless of yeah. of you don't you can't you can't do a three second sprint. But you you and if you if you just walk, you can walk for part of the round, and then you can not walk for the rest of it, or or do it right, vice versa. In much the way that classic fantasy splits up movement between the first cycle and the second cycle, then that's what tactical movement does in RuneQuest Six. Yeah, I, I, if you if you can find yourself a copy of RuneQuest Six, I, I recommend picking it up. But but even even just clarifying to the point of if you if you if you are the person who likes tactical movement, I often hear these questions about about how the, how engagement works, and these these people are pretty firmly in the tactical movement camp. If you want that tactical movement, what I would recommend is to just remember that in the classic fantasy th thing, when it says do your movement, do them all at the end of the cycle, and a lot of your problems will go away. It it is it is old and wargamey in in way the way that that works but if you do that with classic fantasy it will honestly work out how, how RuneQuest 6 works and it will i will smooth over a lot of the glitches that people run into when they're looking at things and i don't understand how a movement works is it the case then that we've lost <laughs> we've, we've lost tactical movement in mithras that 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 section that we're we're just talking about now no longer exists in in print yeah the particular phrasing of it a lot of the text is still there mm -hmm. but that, that particular bullet pointed list 
of the steps of it is gone and has been kind of summarized. And in my mind, it's not summarized really clearly. It's a pretty easy fix in the end of it to just say, hey, we're going to do this all at the end of the at the end of the cycle and and we'll go from there. Yeah, um, I've run that at my table, and and wh- while my my folks are not particularly fond of that war game style movement, it worked. Um, it didn't have it didn't have any bugs in it. And I I think it does. I mean, it is pointed out in this appendix. It does say a degree of abstraction remains even in tactical movement. So be- because its movement is because it says movement is measured in rounds rather than the expenditure of action points, and it does talk about it by doing this, it helps avoid small loopholes in the rules. Exactly. Think, exactly. I think it's these loopholes that people are raising questions about and saying, "Well, oh, I, w- I was just so I was just going to say that that so so some of the loopholes that we run into is that we have we have this issue where people do not want to approach engagement because they're they're afraid by moving in by spending a move action to do to move into engagement that they're into engagement range that they're going to lose an action point and thus the other person will have an advantage because they're approaching on combat by by that because of that because of that loophole if you i mean if you end up using the RuneQuest 6 rules you take your action on your turn and the other person takes their action on the turn and then the movement happens but you don't get to delay until that movement happens you you essentially at that point if you delay until that movement happens what ends up being is is that you move you guys move into engagement and then everybody gets the same number of action points it it, it equalizes that out a great deal makes it much much more much more sensible in my mind so this is often raised the problem with is well if i'm acting on my initiative which is let's say it's early i'm acting first in this situation and i'm trying to engage with someone else the problem that's posed is that if i do that and take a move action then the other the other person that i'm engaging with is going to get a chance to engage with me first the problem expressed with this is that you're always at a disadvantage if you engage yeah. first that's the complaint with movement and engagement if you choose to engage first then you're at a disadvantage because you've just put yourself on the defensive and you lose the opportunity to make the first attack if you have more action points than the other person then you've lost your your one of your primary advantages um if you have the same number of action points you have put yourself as a disadvantage by choosing to engage please see previous podcast about action points and how that's not really how that works exactly yeah, I think that that is really what it is, is that all the other things being equal, you've put yourself at a disadvantage. If that's a concern, doing the movement after solves that problem. All you're doing is you choose your gait. You know, am I walking? Am I running? Am I sprinting? Which thereby limits your actions based on what you can do. Like, you can't melee attack and run and sp- or sprint. You can't even evade if you sprint. Walk, I think you can, you can what? You can probably use your bow you can Uh, yeah you yeah oh yeah no you can do anything i think when you're walking i should say except you can't brace yourself i I think that's the only thing that you can't do can't melee attack while walking really yes it says walking allows you to use the same combat actions as running but adds adds attack range weapons only delay interrupt parry ready weapon and so you have to be stopped to be able to take a swing unless you're charging yeah, so a little, so a little bit of nuance, but if if you walk, you get the choice to not walk the next round. That's that's really the trick of that, or the next cycle. Yes. Um, so you can walk up to somebody, then the next cycle you choose. I'm not going to walk. I'm going to start swinging at this person. 
I mean, how do you how do you find the? I think one of the issues I had when we were and we still occasionally do have a grid for movement. I'm increasingly moving away from a grid, but so one of the issues we had was was really the very small amount of movement you got when you were walking. The, yeah, you know, the distance is very small, which means that the tactical. The, the scale that you're working at is pretty is pretty tight right like yes. you're you're what you're walking you you know let's say you've got a you know a, a standard grid which is normally about you know one inch two and a half centimeters you get to move three squares congratulations <laughs> yes. right and it, you know, it feels very it feels very unsatisfying right yes precisely um, so so I, and that well, that's really what kind of players were saying and i'm noticing that on you know, if you're using a map and if it's if it's complex or, you know, at least it's, it's fairly large and it has different, the terrain is different or the circumstances have something interesting and then great. So that there's your situation. But the problem might be that, oh, I can only move a tiny, tiny amount. So so in terms of what the players then choose to do, well, then they're kind of ping ponging around the map doing these charges and sprints. Yes. taking up a whole round that is similarly dissatisfying right because like i just lost three actions to do that exactly so for my group what what the first thing i did um was i was i doubled everybody's movement all oh, right okay that's right that's exactly the same that i did <laughs> and, and 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 it was you know whether you look at it and say the grid is now half meter squares or whatever you just essentially just straight up change the scale yes it does kind of muck with long-ranged weapons or even shorter ranged weapons but for a particular type of of game you know like if you if you're doing the dungeon delving business it makes a lot of sense where you're not dealing with long ranges you know you're dealing with 60 feet or you know 20 meters or 30 meters it's mm. not actually that much yeah and that i mean that works for the grid is where, where that works for the grid if you don't have a grid um, it's a very different sort of arrangement. Um, you, I think losing that visual representation of space alters how people think about their movement a bit. You've talked about using zones. Did you want yeah. to say anything about that? When I was going through, and this, this is all, this is core Mithras, no RuneQuest 6, no classic fantasy. One thing I noticed with Mithras then when thinking about that particular example in the book of charging across the field and then getting, getting into engagement with another action. And then I actually started thinking about it in context of a, of a board game that I have, the, the Conan game that was done by Monolith. And their maps have these sort of zone areas where you know this this section is a zone and this section is a zone and and you can move a certain number of zones and they're kind of self-contained if you were to visually take a guess at them they're probably you know 10 or 20 feet across but like clear terrain might be might be a bit bigger zone um and then something congested might be have a lot and generally they're defined by obstacles that are in the path anyhow so i started thinking about this as zones and it's like okay you need a move action to cross a zone to to move from one zone to another mm -hmm. and then engagement range is you can move you don't have to spend a move action to engage with somebody who is in this in the same zone mm -hmm. as you then then suddenly that that made a lot of sense from i could start pulling in some other systems that do a very similar sort of thing you can walk Walking is moving one zone. Running is moving two zones. Uh, sprinting is moving three zones, or whatever, whatever you know, whatever numbers you decide to throw in there. It's it's not super important which numbers they are. But the important part is that once you're into the zone, you don't require a move action to base your miniatures together, as as me being a grog nerd like to say. <laughs> yes. Base your miniatures, and 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 then then you're engaged at that. 
So the way that you're thinking about it there is you've got two or, or more characters or creatures in the same zone, and that means that they can engage with no cost, no action cost, in, in right. addition to whatever other action they're taking. Now, I still think I still think in, in the context of that, to maintain some level of action parity, that the movement probably still should happen at the end of the cycle. Or, or just keep in keep in your mind that that movement takes time, and they can't do anything until they actually get there. I think people struggle with this idea of, uh, okay, so we're we're using this idea of simultaneous movement, but we're only actually moving at the end of the cycle. So, so what happens then when? What happens if I intercept that person or or this kind of thing? It's like, well, how does that work? And the the answer is, you just have to figure it out. I I think is yeah. I think there's two, there's a lot of variables in there to kind of do. If you're gonna move to intercept somebody, I might do something like, okay, you got two people. They operate on their initiative. They start. They both start moving. One goes to intercept the other person. Mm. I might have them both re-roll initiative. Okay. If the if the interceptor wins initiative, then he gets to determine a place that they meet, and then engagement happens at that point. Oh, okay. okay. I might do I might do something like that, right? Yeah. Like it's just, and if the other guy does, if the other guy wins initiative, then he he makes it by just just you know essentially makes it an opposed role at that point in some sense. Oh well, yeah, podcast plug right there. I mean, it's really kind of an opposed initiative role at that point, okay. and sometimes rules it does say something about hey you might re you might uh have to re-roll initiative maybe we should uh maybe we should talk about uh extracting yourself from engagement so in terms of like what engagement actually is uh char characters can no longer freely depart from the fighting um it'll it requires some form of deliberate act to break contact with the foe who might not wish to allow him to depart <laughs> I think so. A lot of people, and 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 I have in the past thought about this as you cannot move, mm -hmm. uh, and and I have I have become of the opinion that I'm allowing you to move, but then the other person can give chase, and I'm thinking about engagement as the state of where you can attack each other, and so breaking engagement means that you are outside of melee range, not that you have not moved. So so if you try to do something like a change range maneuver, you try to step back and get it, get it to the point where you're you're out of melee combat or out of melee range, you know, like if you do a withdrawal, and that might allow you to turn and run because you've you've successfully got him to the point where he can't attack or not, where you still get to you still move and he follows you and he stabs you in the back or something. Yeah. That's kind of where I've gone with it lately. There, I don't know that we've. There's been any debate about whether you can move or not, whether you can move around and not break engagement or not. But that's kind of that's how I think about it now, um, rather than you are pinned down to a particular two meter section of the ground. I think the difficulty with breaking engagement is this idea that you really should be able to do it without too much problem, and I think there's a, a lack of understanding of the difficulty maybe of doing that the, yeah. the how, hard, how hard that really is yeah the, there's maybe is an assumption that oh well i can just i can just run off uh, you know in you know while i'm engaged and i think certainly from the from the design mechanism you know official point of view is that that's not really possible like you you can't do that without without winning a special effect effectively or without right. using a successful maneuver like 
change range or some other special effect. So if you in your games, if you have somebody who uses change range and they want they want to withdraw, mm-hmm. withdraw from their combat, do you allow that to move more than a trivial amount? What, like you know, somebody uses a change range and they're they've expressed to you that their intent is to withdraw and run away from combat. They fail to win the special effect. Right. Do you allow them to still move and then the other guy follows? No, no. And I think <laughs> I, I don't. <sighs> yeah, this is the thing. I mean, I, I've said that, like, as long as their opponent is still kind of active, I would say, well, what I've said is that, yeah, you're you're kind of locked into this into this engagement, into this melee. The two participants are locked on a physical space. Like they are, they have a ver- sort of a virtual box around them that they, they're not going to move out of, but they can move around in. Yeah. And certainly if, if, you know, if one, I mean, if one person does want to disengage like that, you know, and if they fail to do that, I'll say, well, well, no, you just can't, you haven't created an opening for yourself to get away. I haven't really done it, but I've thought about, well, do you want to do like a, what you might call a reckless disengagement where you, you, you actually just don't care whether you're hit or not. Now, I, I haven't done that, but I can imagine that would be, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And I don't, you know, I don't care because, partly because you might have, you might be kind of very well protected, for instance, let's say that you're wearing ridiculous amount of armor or you have some kind of uh, other sort of protection and you just and your opponent isn't a threat to you or you think so anyway i, I could kind of see it in that you know in, in that way just think well you know i know the chances of this person actually seriously preventing me from from disengaging are just not not likely and not realistic i haven't you know i don't think that for me it hasn't that hasn't really come up that uh, that has come up in my game okay um, i have i have i have one particular player who was playing a minotaur and he was wearing heavy armor and he's like oh, can i just walk away <laughs> and i'm like um oh, that's a good question let's talk about it and so we we so we 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 argued as we do for longer than we should have, of course. Uh, but but in the in the end of it, we came up with yeah, you can just walk away from that combat. Yeah, and you can you can use your your action to just move out of that engagement. But uh, it of course does not the actual movement out of the combat does not happen until after at the end until at the end of the cycle and the other person gets to go and and they get to attack and you don't get to defend because you've chosen to do this that makes the chances of them winning a special effect like say a trip which yes. will definitely stop that movement yes yeah. or you know uh in imp- impale with you know a long spear which you know will hamper your style a lot uh yeah that'll make it a lot more likely he he wanted to do it with the Minotaur, but I was like, okay, there's got to be a situation where this would actually happen, like where you're not necessarily like that. Like if you're a if you know if you have a giant and he's being mm. attacked by little puny humans, he doesn't bother with those things on the ground, right? Like he yeah. he just kind of trolls through the business. I think that you know that that makes sense. I mean, you you know because you can restrict the effects of special effects you you can say so if you are trying to trip someone then there's the size issue there that if something is oversized or has more than two right legs, uh, these kinds of things those, those things are, are particularly good at ignoring those sorts of special effects yeah so uh, yeah i certainly think with giant you know with very big creatures then you can still try to do lots of stuff to them you know and you'll get you'll get a if you hit them you'll get a special effect but the question is is 
how effective is that effect going to be, even if they're ignoring you? If you have your knight fighting fighting uh, peasants with long knives, you might be looking at those long knives and say, you're not going to go through my plate. And the peasants will have to take a different tactic. They may choose to grip. Uh, they may choose to grapple and drag him to the ground and then, you know, get underneath his armor and start stabbing him. It doesn't actually prevent him from walking away. The, 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 the fact that they're engaged does not prevent him from trying to walk away. Right. That's where I got, that's where I started getting into the, okay, you can, you can move out of, uh, you can try to move out of engagement and you physically move in the space. You may not actually break the state of engagement. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you're saying that you, you know, you would do that for like, okay, they effectively move three meters. Is that yes. right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. I would say that. And, and they would be able to, they would sort of, they could, they could move the fight around with them if they can survive that long. Right. Mm -hmm. they, if they can avoid the trip, if they can avoid the, the grapple, which will stop them from moving. The yeah, grapple, I okay. think grapple straight up says it stops people from moving. I mean, I think, yeah, especially in that circumstance, actually, that would be, if, if you do do that and you still choose to move while failing, you know, let's say failing the change range action, you know, one thing I would say is that then any, if you then got a grapple attempt on you, then you're, if you're using reach, you you know, the reach of your weapon wouldn't, would not protect you from that grapple attempt, for instance. The, the reach then, the reach rules become void in that circumstance if you're choosing to ignore successfully disengaging, I think. Yeah, the other thing that I, I said with that was that if you if you choose to do this, if you choose to forsake your defense and try to move out of this, if you're going to giant your way through this business, hmm. you also are not subject to press advantage. That's kind of where where I decided to rule it at the end of it was no, you could really act you can act like that if you're sufficiently protected, you may even be able to survive all of it. My 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 player was not happy when he decided to walk through it, and then I successfully scored a trip on him. He's like, you know, it's we we agreed to that. So, yeah, no, I think that's that's completely reasonable, and I, I've I've had my doubts about the the best way to handle it, but I think that sounds good. It, I I wouldn't say that it's for it's going to happen in everybody's game by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, I have I have I have some some wonderfully uh, complex uh, players. They they really push it pretty hard, so. I think we've gotten everything except what our next podcast is going to be. <laughs> right. We should do it. We should do animism. It'll be fun. I'd like to uh, give a shout out to Inwills for mentioning our podcast on here. Bill and I both really appreciate that. Since we're just getting started out, it means a lot to us. Thank you very much for that. And uh, I look forward to listening to your your Leon S one that you guys did with uh, Laz and the crew. Thank you very much.